Welcome to the recap, the part of our podcast where we recap the previous week's sermon. Yeah, I was about to say the following week's, but it's obviously the previous week's sermon. We could recap the following week's <laughs> sermon. <laughs> it hasn't happened yet. So save everyone making... a trip on Sunday. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, hi, Dave. Hey. <laughs> Good to see you, man. So recap, really accepting Christ as personal. <laughs> Did you you use the wrong accepting, right? Really? Oh, yeah. Shoot. That's not how you spell accepting. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. Really experiencing Christ there you as go. personal. That was good. I was yeah. going to say enjoying, but ex- Really enjoying. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's good. Anyway, <laughs> Daniel, Daniel's back next week, so maybe it'll get <laughs> the, the acronyms will get better again. Anyway, so this last week, uh, we kind of are taking a break from our Genesis series and um, we're doing a two week series on our identity in Christ from Colossians chapter three. So why don't we, I mean, maybe just even before you recap the sermon, what made you want to, to go there for these, these two weeks? Well, if I'm completely honest, the beginning of it was someone uh, not being able to preach <laughs> Genesis 26 uh, that I thought was going to preach Genesis 26. Uh, they had good reasons not to. And and uh, so as I thought about being done with Genesis 25, we were at a point in Genesis where we were halfway through exactly and really at a point where the story shifts to being all about Jacob now. Uh, so it's, we've kind of gotten through Abraham and Isaac and now we're shifting the next big character is Jacob. Mm-hmm. Thought it made sense to stop there and then kind of probably do a, a recap sermon at some point um, in the spring and then pick up with Jacob. And so the plan all along this fall uh, that I'd, I'd given to the elders and they were excited about was as we were moving towards a vote on autonomy and then after the vote on autonomy to, um, to do a 12-week series just about the kind of people we want to be, mm-hmm. whether we're autonomous or not, just who do we want to be as a church? And, uh, and so that's really a, a, a series on who we are and what we're called to corporately. And so I thought, well, to kind of transition us from Genesis to that, maybe two weeks on who we are and what we're called to individually yeah. would be a helpful bridge to get our hearts ready for that series. Um, also, Colossians 3 is uh, my favorite chapter in the Bible, I think. At least top five. Yeah. I probably go back and forth between a few and might hear me say a favorite in another podcast some other time. Going to call you on yeah, it. Someone's going right. to call yeah, you. Someone call me <laughs> on my... So it's probably, it's top five. Um, and it's top five because uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, I've seen it, like in my daily life, uh, I've seen more fruit from setting my mind and fixing my mind on the realities shown in Colossians 3. Mm-hmm than maybe any other passage, just practically, like the way I pastor and the way I love my wife and my kids, very imperfectly, but just practically, is born the most fruit. Um, and I've seen it do that for other people mm-hmm. uh, a few different times. I've had a chance to dive into it with other people, whether that's preaching it or counseling from it or uh, whatever. So it's just so fundamental. And in our day and age, the idea of identity is such a big, uh, you know, such a big 
topic. Um, yeah. you know, it's kind of the identity to me feels kind of like what self-help was 20 years ago, hmm. right? There's 7,000 yeah. books on self-help in the library. Now you go to Barnes and Nobles, there's going to be 7,000 books on identity. And, um, yeah. it's really just a reconfiguration of self-help. Self-help was, Hey, you got to find someone else to help you do things the way that they figured out is perfect. Identity is you got to find within yourself that thing that'll make your life perfect. Um, mm-hmm. Just a little bit of a reconfiguration, but it feels like the new air that our culture is yeah, breathing. And the so most fundamental you. Yeah, yeah that's right. So, so yeah. this felt, felt like a helpful moment too, is just with where we're at to refocus on our deepest identity in Jesus. Yeah, that's great. So why don't you just take us through uh, a flyover of where you went yesterday and then we'll dive into a couple questions. Yeah, I mean, I, I mainly hung out in verses three to four and uh, and and really just tried to, so, so ne- next week we'll do verses one to two and then verses five to 17 or so. Um, so we'll fly through a lot more than we did this last week. But the reason I did that is because verses three and four are the foundation Yep. Um, and actually, they're the um, ground. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, and actually, you know what they are, which we didn't see much uh, when you saw one in the wild. You kind of call it something called the bilateral. Is oh wow! <laughs> I know you weren't ready for that, but I do get you excited. No oh, one else knows what man. that means. <laughs> A bilateral in the wild. <laughs> <laughs> no one else knows what that means, but it's it's something. <laughs> wow! Not to explain it. Shoot. <laughs> something in this 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 technique called arcing that helps you understand the Bible. And how the author has intent. We learned it in school. We learned it yep. in at seminary. And you know, when you're a seminary student, you find bilaterals everywhere, only to have your professor really say, there. <laughs> "Just stop it. Stop finding bilaterals." But this really is because what comes before it is, "Hey, here, here's this action. Set your mind here. Seek these things because here's who you are. Mm-hmm. Therefore, yep." Uh, and so in the middle of the seek and set and then therefore yeah. is this, uh, this identity, this who we are in Christ. And it's really what I would kind of call um, a practical unpacking of the doctrine of union with Christ. Yep. So the doctrine of union with Christ uh, is, I mean, a fundamental doctrine that, you know, thousand page books are written on. But basically what it means is that by faith... In Jesus, we are united in his death to sins. Yeah. We are united in his resurrection life, uh, which triumphs over death. And we're we're in him. <laughs> you know, all of our life is caught up in his life and our death to sin is his death. And when when God looks on us, he he sees Jesus taking all of our sin mm-hmm. and he sees us having all of Christ's righteousness. And um and so Colossians three three to four, this identity that the next week we'll say so what so what so what about that identity? What do you do then? Um, really, just I mean it's it's three simple, profound points. Point number one would be that you have died mm-hmm. with Christ, and and that just basically is saying um, by faith in Jesus, that old Dave, that old Nick, mm-hmm. that old Ethan who was caught up in sin and shame Ethan's and condemnation. Ethan's right here, by the way. So Ethan's people here. are wondering. I'm not just... <laughs> just not <laughs> just... By the way, we <laughs> really want to address Ethan in this recap. Uh, no, yeah, he's here. That was... Thanks for that. That was helpful, Nick. Trying to <laughs> Why help. is he calling trying to help Ethan? people. Even Ethan, even that old Ethan, <laughs> that, that, that old shame-filled, sin-filled, 
condemnation filled man is dead mm-hmm. and and not just like act like it it's a fun thought but like that's who you are that that old person is dead right and romans 6 goes so far as to say consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to Christ Jesus and uh, my parents this was one of my dad's favorite verses their license plate used to say reckon because the word for consider there really means reckon and it means like reconcile, like it's an accounting term. Like if you're going to line up the accounts, you're dead. You're over here in this this account. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I tell you to account yourself. Um, that's how serious and how real it is. So why does that matter? It matters because um, I, I gave three reasons it matters. Number one is that it matters because uh, condemnation and shame have no bearing on us anymore. So mm-hmm. when they come and they say, hey, you're guilty and you yep. should be ashamed, you should feel condemned, you say, that, that guy's dead. You know, you can you can blame him all you want to, but you're going to have to go to the cemetery mm-hmm. because because I'm here and right. that's not me. Do you remember that old Shane and Shane song called uh, Embracing Accusations? Uh-uh. So it's, he bas- basically just says the devil is coming and saying, yeah. hey, you're wicked, you're bad. And they're, they're, they're like, he's right, but he's forgotten the refrain. Jesus saves and oh, has freed you from all of that. And so, awesome. yeah, yeah, yeah. It totally just reminded me of that when you were preaching. Yeah. And the sermon yesterday and granted, this is probably an extreme statement. I said, you know, you can say whatever you want about old Dave. I don't like mm-hmm. him either. Right. Exactly. Which is, yep. which is too strong of a statement. Cause I like people that are not redeemed. Um, but the point is, I, I don't, I don't <laughs> like the sin mm-hmm. and the shame and the condemnation that was rightly on that guy yeah. either. But that guy's dead. The second reason that's important is um, that it uh, it should change how we act. So the example I used yesterday, which was just totally off the cuff, was you know you, you shouldn't treat your sin like a house guest. Like, hey, Dave, old Dave, good to see you. <laughs> it's it's been great. It's been a while. Let's sit down and eat. Let's do what we used to do together. Mm-hmm but you should treat your sin like an unwelcome intruder. Like why is there a dead guy in my house, right? Why is there a zombie yeah. apocalypse invading my Boy, house right now? when you think now? about it like that, that's, <laughs> yeah, like that's I a should, good picture. I shouldn't sit down to eat with them. I'm either running or I'm fighting. And mm-hmm. that's exactly what we're called to out of this identity in Christ. And then third, I said, we should think of other people <laughs> in the in the body of Christ this way. So uh, for those people, and, and I said, like the people closest to us, friends, like you and me are really close, Nick. So we love each other and we bother each other. Yep. <laughs> and so you've got sin patterns that come out and bother me and I've got them that bother you. And, but when, I, when that's going on, what makes a relationship work, a Christian relationship is I'm going, but old Nick is dead. And so I, I'm not going to condemn him. I'm not going to shame him because that's not him. Mm-hmm. And instead I'm going to say, hey, remember you're free from all that. Hey, let's fight. Let's run together. Let's, you know, and it frees me from being offended because I know that's some old guy coming out after me. That's not really you. And it frees me to help you and engage in the fight with you. So that was the dead part. Um, And then, thank goodness we don't just stay dead, um, but we're risen with Christ too, which means not only, so 1A, so I did preach from verse 1 for just a second. 1A says you're raised with Christ. 3B says your life is hidden with Christ in God. And I think that that means both that we are caught up safe in uh, the triune God. We're with Christ in God <laughs> right now. So we're caught up in that, 
that Trinitarian life that has existed from before the foundation of the world and will exist throughout all eternity, which means we have eternal life. So that's really good news. Mm -hmm. Um, So whatever the brokenness, whatever the past shame, whatever the wasted time of our lives has been that we feel like it's been wasted, man, we have eternity. We have our life caught up and hidden and safe uh, with Christ and God. And if you were to go to like Colossians 2 and Romans 6, where it kind of talks about similar concepts, it also means that because that old guy is dead and we've been raised with Christ, we can walk in newness of life. Mm-hmm which means that just like Jesus walked in glad obedience because of who he was to the glory of his father, so can we. Yeah. And it won't be perfect, but man, like I, I just don't know how many people I talk to who have forgotten that that old person is dead, mm-hmm. completely dead. And they live like that's who they are. And therefore they have no hope. And there's any power that they can change, <laughs> that sin pattern can change, that mm-hmm. Christ would bring resurrection life to that new area. And, um, he does. That's what he's always doing. Yeah. Um, that's what progressive sanctification is, mm-hmm. is our resurrection life in him just happening yeah. <laughs> over and over and over mm-hmm. again. Um, and then finally, when Christ, uh, who is your life, so it's that identification again, when Christ, who is your life, appears, you also will appear with him in glory. So that's just a statement that, yeah, old guy's dead. Uh, now there's new life to walk in here. But there's a day coming when all this fades away and we're with Jesus. Ugly man, ugly old man's not going to, ugly man, ugly old man's not going (laughs) to rear his head anymore. Um, And all of your best moments of holiness, of worship, of sanctification, of loving others, of worship, of God, all your best moments, when he appears in glory, you will realize we're just a taste mm-hmm. <laughs> of how good it is. And you get to live in that resurrection power and perfect resurrected bodies, fully taken into the beauty of Jesus and celebrating with his blood-bought family forever. Yeah, No sin, no suffering, <clears throat> no more struggle, just Jesus. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was it. That's so good. So future hope that would, that would say, man, newness of life now is more complicated than I wish it was. It's yeah. real, but more complicated, but there's a day it's not going to be. Mm-hmm. All the obstacles, all the barriers are going to be gone, and it's yep. just going to be him. And it's, so, it's such an important thing to think about because it's so easy. It's I mean, it's just our like natural default to even subconsciously live out of identities mm-hmm. that aren't Christ, Yep. right? And they can even be good things. Mm-hmm. You know, they can be things that, you know, father or, mm-hmm. you know, coworker or mm-hmm. whatever, um, that are good in and of themselves, but when they become our main identity, they just can't hold the weight. That's right. That's right. So what are some... And I didn't even talk about that part of it yesterday, mm-hmm. but that that was my introduction and that changed my introduction, but yeah. that's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. So, and if it's, and even if they're bad things like you were talking about mm-hmm. yesterday, what are some things, so like diagnostic mm-hmm. signs mm-hmm. that, oh man, my identity is out of whack here. Like... Maybe someone's just thinking in these categories for the first time and is trying to process mm-hmm. it. How do you go about evaluating? Am I living in an identity that isn't in Christ? How do yeah. how do I go about evaluating my heart to see if that's the case? Yeah, I think I think to go to get to the core of a um, a mis a misprioritized identity, that'd be a way to say it that would kind of capture it all together. Mm-hmm. Because they're like you said, they're not all bad. Yeah. Um, 
but a misprioritized identity would be where do I see idolatry? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, just thinking of some common ones, like, you know, we've all heard the phrase mom guilt, right? Sure. Like, yeah. You know, I, like I hear women talk about that way. Like, do you have mom guilt over this? And, uh, being a mom is a great thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a wonderful thing. It's a good identity. Um, but when you're living to be a good mom <laughs> and you're not living, um, for Christ, <laughs> Uh, you know, it's just, and, and again, because Christ can sometimes feel distant, that's why the doctrine of union is so important. Yeah, yep. Uh, it's just easier because like right now, Kelly's at home uh, and she's teaching our kids and she's making food for our kids and she's playing with our kids mm-hmm. and she's disciplining our kids. And so, man, like right in her face all the time is being a mom. And it could feel like that's way more real than Jesus. And so it'd be easy for her in her heart to look around her or look inside herself and go, what's the standard? Yep. What do I have to do? What does it mean to be a good mom? Am I, am I in the top 5% of moms? You know, like no one's doing that math, but they're, you're looking around just going, how am I doing? You're comparing. And all of a sudden what you're going to do is you're either going to be the, the only two ends to that are some kind of self-righteous pride or some kind of paralyzed pity, you know, and, and both of those, are bad places to end up. Yep. Um, where where what we want for our people is to go, uh, it's all about Jesus. All things are from him and to him and through him and for him, right? He, it's all about him. And so right now, the main thing is to honor Jesus. That's my main identity, to be in Jesus while I'm a mom. <laughs> Not to be a yep. mom and then later go, uh-oh, uh, I forgot about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I think, so I think, I think, Mom, I think um, I think people find all sorts of identity in their uh, their career success. You know, they look around at people their age. Oh man, where am I compared to them? Uh, where am I compared to uh, that person ten years older than me? Where am I going to be? And you start to do the you know the comparison. What's the standard? You know, and then you start to try to live for that and live from that. And um, and the the higher up on whatever imaginary list you've made, the better you feel. Um, or I think it's easy to, um, I think it's easy to do this, uh, with our spouses. You know, we start to look sure. at them and go, man, I, they're going to save me. <laughs> yeah. They're going to meet all my needs. Um, uh, my identity gets wrapped up in them and man, like they, like to your point, they cannot carry the weight that Jesus is supposed to carry for yep. you. Um, they need Jesus as much as you do. And so they can't be Jesus. Um, so I think there's a million different ways like you talked about it. It's subtle and it's, um, it's subtle and it's sometimes, and sometimes insidious Yeah. in that it's there, like you said, it's a good thing that's misplaced Yeah. and misprioritized. And now, and now it's an idol. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just to get really practical, I know this is kind of running long, but I think this is good to talk about. Sure. Um, so like for me, just to get really personal about it, I love, <clears throat> like I'm not married and so my friends and my like chosen family, you know, those are places where I experience Christian community and a lot of the love and support that often comes with a marriage. Mm-hmm. They're not the same thing, but you know, um, and so, but I noticed a while back um, that sometimes when I was with my closest friends or my chosen family or whatever, I was feeling more lonely. Hmm than when I was by myself. 
And I came to realize that that's because I was putting expectations on them mm. to fulfill a desire that they were never meant to fulfill. Mm. And so I was with them and I was feeling this, you're not meeting my needs. Mm. And it, it was idolatry. Mm. It was, I was idolizing my friendships and this chosen family that again mm -hmm. is a good gift from God. Mm -hmm. Like Christian community is mm -hmm. supposed to happen, you know? <coughs> um, mm -hmm. So I was, the, the diagnostic was this is not mm -hmm. meeting these expectations that I was putting on them. Mm -hmm. And therefore it's out of whack, it's become idolatrous. Mm -hmm. and, and that's an identity thing. Mm -hmm. Like I was trying mm -hmm. to, my identity was, yeah, I'm, I'm in this chosen family and these are my friends and they're my people and they're gonna meet my needs. And that's, mm -hmm. that's only Christ. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it can just be so many different things. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. Oh, another way to say what you just said then would be that if you, cause I mean, I could give all sorts of examples about pastoring or being a dad or, you know, all, all the different ways that you just did too. A way to say it would be if you get, if you get the priorities wrong, you lose it all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but if you get the priorities right, mm -hmm. it makes everything better. Yeah. Um, so you can like, you know, like an example, similar example, like if I'm like my kids, they're not meeting my needs, you know, they're not they're not as nice to me. They don't act as well. I wanted them to in the restaurant. Mm -hmm. Right. I, they, they just, another thing I had to deal with that, that I lose it all. Right. I lose the relationship with them. I lose the ability to be a faithful dad. Jesus isn't in the picture, but if I'm going, man, I'm here to serve Christ. And that old guy that needs his selfish needs met, he's dead yeah. and I mm -hmm. got new life. So I can again for the 170th time, have this talk with my son. Yep. All of a sudden, I have it all. <laughs> you know, I, I'm I'm walking with Jesus. I'm walking in newness of life. I'm being a better dad, and my son is being trained up the way he should be. Yep. Just just by that tweak <laughs> in in thinking and in, in living. Yep. Yeah. One of the ways that I've come to talk about it, you can tell me what you think about this, but that we always we, we're always trying to find our um, our acceptance and our satisfaction, our satisfaction and our affirmation. Those are the two words. Satisfaction. Satisfaction and affirmation in our deepest identity. Mm. And so those things should be Christ, right? Mm -hmm. We should be trying to find our acceptance in Christ and our affirmation, you know, our mm -hmm. satisfaction in Christ mm -hmm. alone. Mm -hmm. And when we, when we feel, oh man, I'm trying to find my acceptance in something other than Christ mm -hmm. in my, Mm -hmm. identity is this or that or the other thing. I'm trying to find my satisfaction, my deepest satisfaction in these other things. Mm -hmm. And that's a sign mm -hmm. that something's out of whack. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. So this is, I mean, you could go in a hundred different directions with this, but yep. it all flows out of our union with Christ and that's mm -hmm. our fundamental identity. And when we get that right, mm -hmm. that's where we're supposed to be. Yep, that's right. So, all right. Well, I think more to come because part two is next week on the yeah. sermon. Yeah. Um, and we'll we'll see the different the outcomes that come from that bilateral. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> so can't wait, man. Thanks for this great conversation. Yep. Yeah.